Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. Agenda with women in the arts. Making space in your ears for art, politics, popular culture and trash from a feminist perspective. Good morning and welcome to Agenda by Women in the Arts. My name's Katie Winton and I'll be with you for the next 30 minutes. Thanks to All the Best for another great episode. To listen back to more fantastic radio documentaries by All the Best, just head to fbiradio.com slash allthebest. So today I'll be talking about the political utility of satire and crisis in light of the results of the US elections and the related events both in America and here in Sydney. I'll be chatting to writer, blogger and comedian Rebecca Shaw about her satirical Twitter account called Women Against Feminism and I'll also be playing some Peaches and Pussy Riot later on in the show. First up though, I want to take a little bit of time to talk about the US election because everyone's talking about it and we should be talking about it. And to be honest, this isn't really the show that we were planning. We already had some bad jokes lined up about President-elect Clinton. But women in the arts think it's really important to not normalise it and to not normalise the ugliness of Trump's rhetoric by making light of it just yet. So we're going to take a little bit of time at the start here to look specifically about what a Trump presidency means for women and femmes. So given the support of Trump by men and women, feminism is particularly relevant and many journalists have identified that as feminists, we really have to focus on the women a Trump presidency will make most vulnerable. An interesting point that was brought up by the Washington Post recently was that we also really need to pay attention to the many men whose lives are about to get significantly worse under Trump. Immigrant men, gay men, men of colour, men who rely on the Affordable Health Care Act for their health insurance, men who reject traditional ideas of masculinity. So to give you a little bit of an idea about where Trump sits on issues like reproductive rights, he's threatened that there should be some form of punishment for women who get abortions, and he's promised to defund Planned Parenthood, an American non-profit organisation that provides reproductive health services both in the United States and globally. In somewhat reassuring news this morning, I actually woke up to a, a story about Obama moving to protect funding for Planned Parenthood from a political attack. So that ruling will block individual US states from stopping funds to Planned Parenthood, which is essentially what Trump is saying he'll do. While that's good news, it's still actually really troubling that two men are, you know, debating on what women have the right to do with their bodies. I think that's something that we need to talk about more in terms of internalised misogyny. While it's good news, it is still, it just doesn't sit well. It's a really um, weird feeling. So... I guess the most horrifying part of the last few days has not been that Trump has been popularly elected and that white women turned out en masse for him because we already know that that misogyny and that huge disaffection of the white working class has been brewing for decades. I think what's more disturbing is the rampant racism, sexism and xenophobia which echoes post-Brexit England that's most really troubling. Um, So instead of listing the abuse and violence that's been met by people of colour and Muslim Americans in particular, I think it's quite helpful to think about ways that we can actually do something. So we'll pop a link up online where you can donate to Planned Parenthood and the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People. We'll also post a great link to a really, really helpful video about how you can disrupt racism in public. It's really important to note that the widespread effects of a Trump presidency are not actually just purely an American phenomenon. So at the election screening at Manning Bar at Sydney University, students were actually kicked out after they started chanting things like grab her by the pussy, build the wall, lock her up and drain the swamp, which is an echoing of um, Trump's election promises. So this is kind of just the tip of the iceberg. And um, after we get to grips with this, it's really important to organise. What are you doing in your communities? And do you have any suggestions on how we can help women in the US? Text in on 0409 945 945 or tweet us at capital W-O-M underscore in the arts. Um, I'm going to kick off the show now with a track by Russian feminist punk group Pussy Riot. 
This is one of the EP that they released on October 28th titled XXX. It's called Make America Great Again, and this one was made by Pussy Riot as a deliberate attempt to appeal to as many American voters as possible pre-election. I'm not a massive fan personally of the video clip, but the really interesting thing about it is that it was intended to be a satirical take on America under the imagined Trump regime. So the clip actually features American police morphing into a version of the Gestapo. Then they use a hot poker to burn Pussy Riot member Nadia's supposed transgressions into her skin before torturing her. In an interview about the clip, Nadia stated that the point was to show that Trump's words are not just words. And I think that's something that we should all be thinking about at the moment. They're not just words. This is something that is going to instigate actual violence, already has instigated actual violence. So I'm going to play you um, Make America Great Again by Pussy Riot now. You're on FBI, listening to Agenda. Stick around. What do you want it to be? Do you know that the wall has two sides and nobody is free? Did your mama come from Mexico? Papa come from Palestine? Sneaking all through Syria, crossing all the borderlines? Let down the people in, listen to your women. Stop killing black children. Other people in Listen to your women Stop killing black children Make America great again Could you imagine a politician Calling a woman do you picture the perfect leader? How do you want him to be? Has he promoted the use of torture and killing families? Did your mama come from Mexico? Papa come from Palestine? Sticking all through Syria, crossing all the borderlines? Let other people in. Listen to your women. Stop killing black children.
that was Pussy Riot there with Make America Great Again. I'm joined in the studio by Rebecca Shaw now, who is a writer for The Guardian, SBS Comedy, runs a Twitter account called Women Against Feminism, and is doing a panel discussion tomorrow at Newtown Festival. Hi, Beck. Thanks for joining me. No problems. Um, so you write for The Guardian and SBS Comedy about quite a broad range of issues. I just kind of wanted to start off by asking you about your No to Feminism Twitter account and kind of the origins behind that and what inspired you to start it. Yeah, um, so basically I was, uh, there was a movement that came out about a year ago, um, Women Against Feminism, and it was a Tumblr that kind of took off and got a lot of um, publicity and that sort of thing. Um, And I was just reading through it one day and I, because I use Twitter a lot anyway, I thought I would just try um, shining a spotlight on it in a different kind of way because everyone was you know, writing angry things about it and like kind of tearing them down. Um, and I wanted to do it, approach everything in like a comedy kind of way. Um, so I thought a satirical uh, Twitter account would be the way to go. But I did expect it to um, not go well and then I would immediately give up because I just <laughs> always, that's just what I generally do. Um, but for some reason it just like hit a nerve and took off and yeah, and then the rest is history. I just, I. I basically format it, uh, it's a, it's from the perspective of an anti-feminist um, kind of saying why we don't need feminism and it is satire, so it um, says why we do need feminism. Um, and I can get inspiration just from going to the Women Against <laughs> Feminism Facebook page. So I just like read their arguments and then just flip them yeah. and yeah, and now we're here. So. And um, what kind of feedback has that received? Like, have people interpreted it in a way that has actually been um, counterproductive to what you're doing? Or, like, how is that kind of... How do you navigate that? Well, it exists on the internet and there's a lot of um, not very bright people. (laughs) So it kind of... I think any time you do any form of satire, there's going to be some people that don't get the joke. That's just um, the way the world works. But generally it's had pretty good, for how popular it got, it's had pretty good feedback. Like I haven't really had that much backlash. Um, like there's obviously every so often there's some dudes that will write and say terrible things. But I think because I kept it anonymous for so long and I don't reply to tweets on there, it's kind of like there's no point arguing with it because I don't respond. Um, and I decided to do that from really early on. The only thing, I do respond to some people now if they have like legitimate arguments or claims and I DM them and we talk about it in that from like because there's obviously some valid reasons against feminism that some people don't feel disenfranchised from it. What are some of the arguments that you've engaged with? Um it's it hasn't been too bad because it's 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 basically um people who feel like sex workers or women Mm -hmm. of colour and that sort of thing who have legitimate arguments as to why the feminist movement has ignored them. And I I do try to do tweets that address that, but it's very difficult to be an anti-feminist addressing real (laughs) legitimate (laughs) concerns in a satirical way. Um, So I do use the the platform a lot to, I read, like after the election, I just retweeted people for a couple of days and like stayed, like left tweets out of it, my own personal things. Um, So yeah, I want to like address that there are legitimate concerns and especially, and the account can, you know, it kind of has to address all those sort of things. Otherwise, it itself is being exclusionary as well. So, yeah, I'm my you, best. Yeah. How, how do you navigate the kind of need to... or when, when satire is necessary and when it's necessary to take a step back and 
and kind of recognize those things like I think your writing is really interesting because you have these satirical accounts but you also do a lot of journalism about other issues as well like how do you navigate that in terms of self-care what's your process like um I think a lot of because the Twitter account is so good in that it's I don't have to kind of I can address things really quickly and it's and it's oftentimes a lot of things that are going on so it's kind of a reactionary to that um and then in my other writing I can kind of address things more in depth and you know have like actual arguments and not just send out because the the essence of the Twitter account is comedy and so I don't want to lose sight of that like I want to be making jokes and because I feel like there's so much writing and so many so much debate discussion around these things that it can get exhausting mm-hmm. um and so that's kind of was the purpose in the first place is to have something funny and dumb that you can kind of blow off a bit of steam with and that that is the same for me running it as well do you think that satire or comedy kind of allows people to engage with something more i think it allows them to engage with something in a different way and i i think satire especially you know a lot of the times you're preaching to the choir no matter what you're writing and satire is the same it's a you know if you write uh say for sbs if we write the back burner some people will share it because they're like yeah i agree with this already but with the account it's more i'm just trying to i think satire is just trying to shine a light on stuff and make some people not be able to look away when they might have already and also it's engaging with different audience um who might not read a guardian article but might like see a dumb tweet and think about it for a second i don't know <laughs> but yeah it's just a different format and also it was really fun to do at the time because yeah. i was getting so mired in writing serious takes that it's just like a fun thing to engage in so i don't lose my mind and i think it's definitely indicative of our our level or our capacity to engage with things in with modern technology you know like yeah. sometimes you you write you scroll through things and you see it for 2 seconds whereas yeah. sitting down and reading something not everyone does yeah, often exactly Um, I'm going to play a track now by Nadia Hernandez. This one is called The Summoning of Remedios Pulitzer. Don't go anywhere because we're going to be talking to Bekshaw right after this track. This is Nadia Hernandez, Brock Fitzgerald and Wade Kieran. You're listening to Agenda on FBI.
suddenly all visions become available. In the middle of the mountain, suddenly all visions become available. In the center of the ocean, all visions become available. On the edge of the cliff, suddenly all visions become available. When the night falls and the rain pours down, suddenly all visions become available. When the leaves rustle and their seeds fall to the ground, suddenly all visions become available. When the sun melts into our skin, suddenly all visions become available. When the waves crash onto our backs, suddenly all visions become available. When the whales migrate and return with their kin, suddenly all visions become available. When the birds nest, feed and sing, spring is here and all visions become available. Politics and news from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda. What an amazing track there. That was Nadia Hernandez, Brock Fitzgerald and Wade Kieran with The Summoning of Remedios. I'm in the studio at the moment with Beck Shaw. We're talking about her Twitter account called Women Against Fem- Feminism. I actually uh, nearly pronounced it how you I, spell it. There. I actually <laughs> cannot spell feminism anymore. I go to spell it and my brain just automatically takes over and it's a nightmare. It's fantastic. I, yeah. So do you want to give people a little bit of background All right, on so it? In the account, I decided to spell the word feminism wrong every tweet. And so it's just a jumble of letters, usually like the letters that exist in the word. But I spell everything else 
perfectly. <laughs> so, but people get very confused by it. And my favorite thing is dudes re- responding, telling me to like check my spelling. <laughs> and um, because there's a book of it now, I tweeted the front cover and a dude who doesn't follow me or the account tweeted that we should like have you check the spelling on the front cover of the book <laughs> because the word is spelled and it was just the most perfect moments that's fantastic it was amazing i loved it <laughs> so we've been talking a little bit about satirical um social media accounts and comedy and there's this thing that's happened over the last week you might have seen it um called yeah the boys and they've come under a lot of fire pretty recently they're actually Um, a Facebook page that was originally something that I thought was a pretty brilliant satirical critique of male fragility in Australian culture. But, you know, as is the way with many things on the internet, it had been co-opted by a really angry group of people saying some pretty awful things and organising a meetup, and then it got cancelled and then, yeah, the boys had to release a statement and it's been this ongoing kind of trauma of something that was intended to be a joke that's been taken completely out of context and taken very seriously. So I kind of just wanted to touch on that with you and ask you, have you ever experienced that with your journalism or your Twitter? Or... Um, not really, but also I think, I, I, have, I don't know uh, heaps about that, but I did have a look at their statement and the sort of things they were saying. And I think they even initially set out, like, like they didn't really have, um, like they were allowing a lot of, like dodgy kind of satirical jokes like about rape and all that sort of stuff yeah that I think is very easy to get wrong and so it's sort of like when you start straying into that sort of thing especially when your target audience is you know like 18 to 25 year old dudes like I feel like the danger of it kind of taking off and becoming a beast is like was always going to happen yeah from the outset um mine is different because i no one else is involved and I can like I have a lot of control over what goes out so that's nothing like that has ever really happened but there's been a few times where people well a lot of the times where people think it's serious and it's just the nature of satire like I it doesn't matter what tweet I, I wrote one the other day that said I don't need feminism my husband isn't a monster because he wants me to stay home he's a monster because his dad was a werewolf like just a dumb thing and people like a man replied to it earnestly being like don't you like having equal pay and the right to and i'm like did you just get halfway <laughs> through the tweet or did you think i'm in like did you something? miss the werewolf yeah part? like <laughs> it's just it doesn't matter what you write yeah. people will just put their own agenda onto it yeah so yeah but that was that got out of control obviously yeah absolutely you're you're also involved in a panel discussion tomorrow for Newtown Festival. What can yeah. what can we kind of expect to hear from that? Um, so I'm basically I'm being interviewed. Um, it's at the Better Red Than Dead tent. Um, the bookshop in Newtown has a tent every year, and they have a great lineup tomorrow. Um, I'm on at five p.m. in conversation with um, Andrew P. Street, who he's a Fairfax columnist and a political writer, and he's just released a book about um, the rise of Malcolm Turnbull, um, and he does a lot of satirical stuff as well. So I think it'll be interesting you know, talking about feminism and talking about politics, Mm. um, especially after the election. So I think it'll be a really uh, fun time. Yeah. So the use of of comedy as a, like a coping mechanism or as a... Yeah. yeah. And especially now it's, it's just, there's always a discussion about what satire can do and what comedy can do, especially when you have like Colbert and John Oliver and all those guys who, you know, have a lot to say during the election. And so I think it'll be interesting to talk about especially now that Trump is almost 
impossible to satirize sometimes yeah, as well. Absolutely. Well, we saw that with Saturday, Saturday Night Live and all of these really yeah. kind of comedic takes on Trump, and it just didn't like there was yeah. no effect. But it didn't reach people. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be very interesting, I think. And that's yeah. at five p.m. if you want to come down. Fantastic. I'll pop a link up online Great. as well. And it's also that you can buy the book two weeks before it comes out there as well. We'll have some copies. So it is released so, in two weeks? Yes. Ah, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming on today to talk to me. No problem. It has been a fantastic conversation. I'm going to play, I'm going to leave you with a track now um, that LifeWorks director Jeff Kahn mentioned when we interviewed him on the show last week. So this one is by Peaches and it's called How You Like My Cut. It's from the 2015 Peaches album titled Rub. And the video clip came out on November 3rd and it actually features LiveWorks 2015 artist Isa Jockson dancing in the film clip. Jockson like, works with abstracting gender and dissecting the tropes of the exotic body where she describes um, it being portrayed as like both a sexualized and subservient thing in nature. So this is actually the first film clip that Peaches has released that she's not in. And it's a fantastic film clip. I'd really encourage everyone to jump on YouTube and check it out. It's this amazing movement, this very androgynous kind of um, formation of dancing. You're listening to Agenda on FBI. Thank you so much for tuning in. This one is How You Like My Cut by Peaches. Stick around because Backchat are going to have a lot to say about the election. Um, I'll see you next week. How you like my cut? 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 What? How you like my cut? How you like my cut? How you like my cut? What? How you like my cut? Take cover under the cover of a another lover above a above a rubber. Tell your brother, tell your father If your rubber loses cover and it hover Gotta get your vodder Nip it in the bud, stick it like a sticky bun Stick it in but sip it like you're sipping bud Crud, I feel flood Cause she's a stud Grab a nub and tug, tug How you like my cut? How you like my cut?
you like my cuz.